With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. Let's jump into a highlight and an essential principle from the American Covenant book that we've been studying. This is a subject that I think is important. Is there time to rebuild the cultural institutions of America or is evangelism more important? I mean, I mean, that's the question that really is understood only by the family of faith. And uh, you may be wondering that, hey, look, you know, it's great, Kirk, that you fly the American flag. It's great that you love this country, and uh, and that's awesome. But at the end of the day, what's most important is saving souls, is evangelism. Now, I may be sounding a little too churchy for you right now. Um, this is kind of religious talk, evangelism, the saving of souls. Um, uh, but our founders understood that there is nothing more important than people being in a right relationship with God. And so their priority, of course, was to share the, the liberating message of the gospel. And that good news of the gospel was the news that God has not left us in our sinful condition, leading us to death and destruction and separation from him, death and hell, and an eternity without God under the wrath of the Almighty. No, he employed a plan of rescue so that you and I could be forgiven of our offenses toward God. We could actually be liberated from, from the tyrannical regime of pride and selfishness and greed. And we get off the me train and get onto the others train wanting to serve other people because that's why God made us and put us here on the earth was to reflect his goodness and kindness and mercy and faithfulness and to do that by obeying him and then loving our neighbors. That is the most important message. And our founders understood that. In fact, they put it in the Mayflower Compact, the very first covenant agreement that they made with God and with one another. It was to advance the gospel to the ends of the earth. There was no question about that. But what they also understood was that Equally as important as the message of the gospel to save someone's soul was the application of the gospel to all areas of life. So to illustrate this, let me say this. If I were to tell you, hey, I've got the message that's going to save your soul and is the most important thing for you. And yet you looked at my marriage and saw that I, I had not loved my wife well and I had not led my children well and that I had squandered all of my money and I let my health go down the toilet. You might say, you're not a very well-balanced person. I'm not sure I really want to listen to what you have to say about my soul when your marriage is in shambles, your kids are a mess, and your own personal health and your finances are in the toilet. In fact, you'd want to see integrity where I apply these health healthy principles and liberating principles to all of my life and it would give credibility to my message when you saw health in all areas of my life. And the founder said the exact same thing. 
they understood that the gospel was important for saving people's soul, for, for connecting them to, to God. And it was also important that it manifested in healthy economies and healthy families and healthy churches and healthy civil governments. What would you think if the leader of North Korea told you that he loved God with all of his heart and he loved his people and he shared the gospel with you, and yet you knew that he was abusing his people and making them slaves and stripped them of all of their freedoms? You wouldn't believe his gospel message too much. That's the point. If it's real, it is going to work its way through all of our culture, and that's what God intended. He didn't just create your soul to save that. He created the world and called it good, and he created civil government and family and church and everything else. And his word is meant to apply to all of it. So is there a priority of the gospel over saving our country? I would say the gospel applies to both your soul and your nation. Because when your soul and your heart and mind are liberated by the mandates of heaven to turn from your sin and trust in the God of heaven, you as a liberated person then are commanded to turn and liberate your neighbors and liberate your institutions. And that's the beauty of the gospel is that it, it leavens everything. It's all encompassing. It's infused in totality throughout all of God's creation. And it's not limited to just your soul and your neighbor's soul. Isn't that great? <laughs> I mean, when I'm set free, I get to heavenize my marriage. And then I get to heavenize my home. I teach my children. And I create an environment where my friends want to come over here. And then I begin to share those principles with other people. And then the principles begin to spread. I think that's, I think that's, uh, I think that's making sense. Um, some people have gotten distracted with this idea of rebuilding the institutions of our country because they say Jesus is coming soon. So now we're talking about end times. We're talking about the second coming. And again, for those of you who are not familiar with Christian teaching, uh, it's, it's, it's the teaching that, that Jesus said, he was leaving this earth. He ascended into heaven and he said, and then I'm going to return. And, and people for millennium have believed that Jesus is coming soon, meaning was going to be coming in their lifetime. Well, think about this. Every generation of people who have said that Jesus is coming in their lifetime so far have been wrong, right? Because here we are 2000 years later. Um, now, while this is not uh, a subject that we can get into in depth here, what we do know is that if Jesus were to come, let's say, Monday, you and I have a responsibility to be present in the world wholeheartedly applying God's heavenly principles to our homes, our families, our community, and our nation today and tomorrow, and Saturday, and Sunday, okay? And so, some people have actually given up on trying to rebuild our institutions and our nation because they're convinced Jesus is coming so soon that there's no point in doing that. And they believe that other things like 
the world is destined to just get worse and worse, which we know is not true when we read the word of God, that God is the ruler of this world. And we can expect revival when a people of a nation apply God's word to every aspect of their life and culture. When they obey it, it results in blessing. Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian healthcare ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like-minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith-based alternative to insurance. And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to healthcare. Are you tired of your healthcare the same old way and want to do things the better way? I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's healthcare. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. And if we don't apply God's word to this culture, and we allow others to fill the leadership roles in our society, we can expect that things will continue to get worse, right? It's like I saw a plane flying across the sky here. Who do you want to be flying that plane filled with all of those people? Do you want the pilot who's been trained with the instruction manual written by Boeing? Or do you want the person who's never been trained in the instruction manual and actually denies the existence of Boeing. Well, of course you want the guy who reads the manual and respects and and, and obeys it and practices it. In the same way, we have a nation that is either going to be led by members of the family of faith who have the instruction manual of the Bible that teaches us how to fly the nation filled with all of these people and lead them to the desired destination of liberty and blessing, or we're going to have ungodly people, people who deny God and his word and his power and think that they can fly it on their own. The problem is they're going to fly it into the side of a mountain or into the ocean and the people will perish. God is so kind. He's given us an instruction manual, not only on how to get to heaven, Not only to govern your soul, but how to have a healthy family, how to properly educate your children, how to govern your nation. And so that's what we need to do. We need to pray for our leadership that they would join the family of faith. We need to pray that good godly men and women will begin to run for office. We need to support them. We need to vote for them. We need to pray for them. Let me read this to you. This is a story in the, uh, the American Covenant. I love this little story. Uh, the author, Marshall Foster, said that he spoke to a large audience of pastors concerning the, uh, 
the strategic need to rebuild our nation to the glory of God. And one of the pastors came up to him and said, hey, he said, you know, I, I think that's a worthy effort that you're, 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 uh, you're attempting. But ultimately, you know, if God wants to restore our nation, he's going to do it. All we need to do and all we can do is pray. And he said, hey, let me ask you a question. Do you have any farmers in your congregation? He said he did. He said, well, what would, what, what, what do you, how do you think they would respond? And, and, and how truthful would it be if you just told your, your farmers, hey, look, uh, you don't need to plant anything. You don't need to cultivate the ground. You don't need to pull any weeds. You don't need to water the soil. All you really need to do is pray. And if God wants to give you a good harvest, he'll do it. Not a great plan. No. Prayer is great, but God answers our prayers primarily by giving us the strength and courage to do what we need to do. And a farmer knows that he needs to plant the seed and he needs to water the seed and feed the soil. And then he prays that God will bless his efforts resulting in a bountiful harvest. You get the point. The pastor understood. Prayer is important, but if we don't sow seeds into every area of life in our culture, in our nation, we will have no harvest to reap except the destruction of our liberty and the, ru and the rule of totalitarianism. If we don't sow seeds of godly character and faith and teach those things to our children, all we can expect to reap is a harvest of thorns and political weeds that will choke out the fruit of blessing. Let's do, an, let's do, a, a, let's do a harvest check. What are we harvesting right now? I'm seeing more and more restrictive mandates. I'm seeing more and more censorship of truth. I'm seeing more and more suppression of political information, medical information, uh, economic information. I'm seeing less and less truth being broadcast through our media and more and more restrictive measures that only allow a certain narrative to come through. When you see that kind of thing happening, when you see children's education being dictated by others not parents. When you're seeing good being called evil and evil being called good, when freedom of speech is being suppressed, there's no other word for that than tyranny, than totalitarianism. And so what do we do? We've got to get back to sowing the seeds of truth and hope that's found in the word of God. And I'm trying to do that through the American Campfire Revival. Listen, I, I, I want to show you again something that I'm excited about. It's called the, um, um, the 10 Lesson Video Training Series. Uh, let me get some light on this. There it is. I condensed all of the book of the American Campfire Revival into 10 lessons so that you can teach them at your house to your friends and to your family. It comes with two DVDs inside. There they are. It also comes with a revival journal so that you can journal all that you're, you're learning, all the, the, the thoughts that God brings to your mind and the quotes and the scripture verses that you think are important. All of this comes with a leader's guide to help give you the equipment that you need to carry the conversation in your house around at your campfire or fireplace or candles in your living room.
I want to make our time, I want to maximize the value of our time together and all that I can offer you in terms of resources because I'm just one guy. You are the army of compassion. You are, are, are the army of God who can bring liberty to our nation. And I'm so thankful for you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.